G'day, hello, and welcome to the Savage Bear Podcast. Ah, hello. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing? Fantastically. Very well, very well. How are you? Doing well. Yeah, life's 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 good. Life's good. It's awesome. We have. You you sound hesitant with that, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, that was. I don't want. Things are happening, and it's it's very stressful, and so I'm trying to do that at the same time as do this and do the things and the stuff going on. But look, we have a special guest on tonight with us to have a discussion about the book that we have now completed, 42 episodes of, 42-ish hours. 42. And that is our beautiful, beautiful sound engineer and editor, Tim Brown. How are you doing, Tim? I'm... Already figuring out what bits to cut out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm happy to happy to chat. It is really nice to have everyone here. Like we when we record, we're all on uh, separate locations around Australia, uh, looking at each other on Discord and talking. And it's so nice to see all five of us together. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so used to seeing the other three faces, and then Tim, I see you as you're the only one in Canberra in real life. Yeah. And so it's it's actually really nice to see us all here. Like, as, as a group. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I just hear you all. I don't even know what any of you look like, especially you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, so yeah, so today we, we're going to just have a, a, a discussion about, like, the book so far, what we think of Pathfinder compared to Dungeons & Dragons, even Pathfinder 2E compared to 1E, what we like, what we don't like. We'll talk about, like, our favourite moments within the campaign so far is, like... And we'll also discuss, I'll pull back the film a bit, like give you like, if you were curious about things that you missed or, and we'll discuss like where the campaign's going and where we think it's going to end up and what we're hoping for, I guess. So straight off the bat, I'm going to say spoilers for anyone who hasn't already listened to it. I would recommend going back and listening to the episodes you haven't listened to. Mm. If that includes from episode one on to 42, then... Well, you just better bloody get cracking to it. Yeah. (laughs) It's very easy to listen to all of it. I 100% assure you. But yeah, so I want to I want to start things off positive. Then I would like to talk about our favourite moments in the campaign so far, like our favourite moments, our favourite things where stuff's going on. And I'm I'm going to go first because the thing that sticks out the most for me in the campaign is the difference between the first show and the second show. Mm-hmm. The the mm. where you're first of all because the campaign is it's kind of rough on you. It's like straight away. Here's a circus. And like the first line of the book that I spoke was that very last line of that first episode where you find Miron dead. That is where it starts. So everything before that, I wanted to have like that, 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 that build up so you guys can get used to the idea of being in the circus. But then after that, like you guys basically been thrown in the middle, not sure how any of this works really without playing it out a little bit in your brains. But then comparing that to the last part where Havayer took the lead was just beautiful to see, in my opinion. It's like just seeing and being able to reflect on each of these characters that we saw kind of fail and not do so well in the first one compared to the second one. It was, it was For me, that was really, really nice. It was like a whole seven days just cycle of going from one thing to another. <laughs> it was just beautiful, in my opinion. I really liked it. So was it. that entire 42 episodes worth a week? A week. One, one week. week. Yeah. Nice. Saturday, or what it's That's called, Star Day to Star Day. Week, yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah, you had a lot going on already. Like, imagine if that happens. All of that happening in one a, a, a lifetime is enough. Yeah. Let alone seven <laughs> days, right? It's. I mean, you lost. You lost an ear, and you're still like just keen to keep doing stuff. Yeah. 
I'd go home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, his home is the circus, Tim. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's true. The that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Just, just to add... Oh, you go, yeah. Tim. No, no, I was just going to say, because you're the ringmaster now, mm. and it suits, is your character... What's his last name? You'll never know. Because, <laughs> like, ringmaster Javier... Oh. All right, I'll... To pull back the curtain, look, he doesn't have a last name yet. I knew that. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to I, I never, never really thought reason. it was necessary, but yeah, look, you're right. Ringmaster Javier doesn't really work, so I'll, I'll think of something well, cool. You do have to call yourself Ringmaster. No, but having Ringmaster, now you can go and come up with the most, like, I don't know, the most over-the-top bombastic thing. And look, <laughs> well, I guess Javier all is about is all about the panache. Yeah, right? and exactly. always on. Yeah. And for me, I think Javier is always about on the spot. The showman on the spot, like showmanship, because it's because I always feel yeah. like Javier is constantly yeah, changing his show, constantly changing his tactics in combat and stuff. I love that about Javier, how he's just constantly changing. Always feels like he has to change. And so I think on the spot, thinking of a last name, I think that's going to be like the perfect <laughs> thing for Javier. So, oh yeah, this is my last name. <laughs> also, just as an aside from that. Uh, just because, like, you know, Javier doesn't have an, a last name, whatever. Uh, you can say Yuri doesn't have a middle name. Li- well, no, I was just like, I was just li- liking liking the difference in character kind of creation processes because I know yeah. Kyle didn't really go too much too heavy into background when you uh you made your character, did you? When you made Javier, did you? Cast? No, you I wanted just, to like, develop you had more idea of what, yeah. Mm. yeah, which has been an awesome experience. Whereas when Adam and myself made Uri, it was like a super in-depth kind of 16 hour ordeal I think all up deep dive into like Pathfinder lore and like discovering all these weird and wacky things about orcs and the holds of Belkson and these crazy things that we were trying to like find a way to integrate into one character kind of like organically that's mad and uh yeah we've also got a couple of stories that we've written uh, I guess mm. that we've done one of them, and I want to, and we did that for episode ten, which I let. That was a little while it ago. It was, and Holy like shit. we haven't done. I didn't realize that was so. Yeah, long it was ago. like I think episode eleven that came out, and I wanted to do one at episode twenty-one, one at episode thirty-one, episode forty-one. I wanted to do one for each of us, but I, I sadly got too busy, and I just wasn't able to concentrate on that at the time. So I want to, with this new book, I do want to do that. I want to do that maybe every 10 episodes, have a small snippet from your guys' backstories, like a little snippet of where you guys have come from, a small snippet from maybe one of the other characters, and just have that at the beginning. Because I really I really enjoyed that process mm. of just exploring your character and finding that out, like who they are and where they've come from. Because as circus folk, it's kind of, there's always that mystery that's there, you know? Yeah, yeah. very cool. So, have I yet? What was your favourite moment? Or, Carl, what was your favourite moment, should I say? Not even Javier. I'm so used to seeing your name and just saying Javier now. You're just Javier. <laughs> I'm going to meet you again in Wollongong. And you go, hi, Javier. Oh, I mean, I mean Carl. You know, oh, what, Carl. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't suit me. Javier suits me more. <laughs> um, the, the, the top thing that I have written here, uh, and I 100% agree with you, is the, uh, the difference between the first and last performance, mm. both uh, us as players, how we approached it, um, the situation, like obviously with Miron uh, passing just before the first performance or during it, um, and then between the last one where we kind of all came together, we had that extra time to practice our performances, and then on top of that, all the roles coming together as well to create this incredibly lively and um, like memorable performance for the crowd. Mm. That I, I, I really, really enjoyed that part of it. I I don't know, I just thought that was really cool how especially like um how Axel 
too afraid to perform in the first one, but then in the last one he put on this awesome show with his birds. Mm. Um, yeah, I really liked that. But I think my favourite moment, which uh, you guys will probably agree was really cool, was our use of the uh, cockatrice. <laughs> yes, and its petrify effect. Oh. Yeah, yes. As soon as I, as soon as we finished with that session, I remember. Like, kind of, like, stepping away from the computer for a little bit. Just going, like, oh, my God, that is, like, amazing. I remember, I think I remember seeing my own face. And I think it was <laughs> seeing Bray's face. Everyone just <laughs> shocked, like, oh, my God. Holy shit. And just, like, just this offhand, yeah. like, this is amazing. And then I'm scrambling, because obviously... As a DM or a games master, you could you, you're fifty percent prepared and fifty percent is like improvisation with whatever you're doing. Like, because the characters can go off on segues just like that. Like, they can just go off in one direction and come up with this thing that you cannot predict. Oh yeah, this person's poison. Let's turn them to a fucking statue. I didn't really have that in the back. Of my, I didn't have that in my back pocket. It's like, oh yes, I've got what, this you prepared. Plan for that. You didn't think that, we'd, that that Kale would just like you know. I know that the, the solution to the problem is uh, cockatrice bite. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. That's what we need. So, where, like, Josh, did you have like, where did that come from? Or was it just like instantly like, oh my god, we're good? I'm just a ten year Pathfinder veteran, my friend. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I love that. I remember. It, I remember in that episode because I was looking out for it because as soon as you guys finished recording, Adam messaged me and ruined it. It would have been really good for me to... Because oh. I was still listening to it, I was excited. It, I had this to talk going. to someone about it. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. That would have been cool to find out. Spoilers. Yeah, could, um, could have tied up the spoiler. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so I remember hearing like halfway through that episode, you hear Josh go, oh... And then he goes, yes. no, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind. Like, later or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can tell the moment, the light bulb moment. I was sitting there thinking, and I, I was like... Because anyway, we caught this cockatrice, and I was just thinking of, like, deviant shit I could do with it as a, <laughs> as a circus act. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, we could do, like, a thing where it runs around and, like, turns me into a statue as a live show. And I was like... And I was like, wait a minute. Hey, that'd be, that'd be good. It could turn people into statues. <laughs> 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 oh... Alright. Bray. Yuri. Yeah. Um I was thinking I don't know, I have a lot of kind of like, you know, equally competing favorite moments. Uh I mean I I, I really liked just the way that uh, our characters kind of have grown well, just not as a moment, but I have grown from episode one through to episode forty two. Mm. Like there's, I mean, I guess you've got a huge amount of episodes to, to uh, you know, with which to grow those characters over only seven days. But, you know, I feel like we've really fleshed them out quite well. Like, each of the characters kind of settled into their roles kind of thing. I like the, uh, the, the NPCs, like the interactions that we have with the NPCs. Like, Kyle kind of touched on that with the circus acts, I guess. But I love those little interactions that you throw in when, like, you know, Bunny just comes up. Or, like, you know, uh, I, what, I think one of my... Ones at the moment is Bunny and um, what's the name? Eliza. Um, Eliza, that's it. Sorry, mental blank. That's okay. I have a, I have quite a few of them in the campaign. It's totally fine. I'm yeah. used to mental break. <laughs> the little little side romance and just Uri poking fun at Bunny and Bunny just not being able to to hack the kind of the attention. Mm. Or handle it Cause, at all. Cause that was, just, I, I love that, that was one of the things that was very intimidating for me to coming into this. And I have now sunk into it and I've gotten used to it now, but it was very tricky to begin with because you have a whole circus of people and trying to populate all of them with NPCs that have personalities, that have drives, that have mm. bonds, that have 
flaws and fears and trying to create that over a circus, like trying to pick what's going to be what. And like um, Carl said with Javier, we had to do it. I did it in a way that he was doing it. Like as we go through things, we start developing things with the characters. Like progressively, kind like of. Like my yeah. idea with Bunny was just going to be like this stern guy who was just like your best friend. I didn't mean for him to become the comic relief until I heard Kyle laughing in that first episode when we we're talking about the the um uh, the um cotton cotton candy, whether or not it's the fairy floss was floss for fairies or was oh, yeah. floss. <laughs> and so as soon as I heard him I laughing, that. I was like, okay, Bunny's got to be this this character, and like, and it was just like, <laughs> and I'm so glad we have Bunny, like, we that that, that yeah, character that can sure. be a bit of comic relief and who can be that kind of representative of the circus outside of the circus itself. Uh, I loved that. Um, you had an interaction like a couple of weeks ago. Um, with just like some random NPC dude who's just an NPC guy at the circus, like he's got no name, or whatever. I can't even remember. I can't even remember what happens, but you just, he's just like, "Oi, mind your manners," and then he just keeps going on. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. I was going to name it the episode that, like, but I completely forgot. It was just making me think of like random people running around in like oblivion. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. like the, the interaction was was nothing, but it was so good because <laughs> of that. But I feel like those those small little interactions and stuff are what really give uh, the the well, what for me anyway make the circus feel uh, more full uh, yeah. and alive, I guess. Because uh, like I know that uh, well, I mean as the player, I'm not sure about listeners, but I know that as the player, I can kind of like you know go to any of or not necessarily any of the characters, but a, a lot of the character the NPCs and and just kind of like you know have a have a kind of conversation with them, and Adam's kind of. He can jump into it relatively simply because he's kind of, you know, well, I mean, I may, may, may be making some assumptions there. That's all right. Um, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, like... But, yeah, it's, it seems quite natural the way that you kind of... Well, it usually it's quite natural the way you slip into our characters. Uh, sometimes we, we see the, the bunny Uri, which I, I just still I just love, uh, the mix-up when when uh, Adam thinks he's Urian. Yeah, or the cold, cold kale, which I, I, <laughs> I apologise for eternity. <laughs> For mixing you two up, but he's he's the best. Tim Tim's favorite character is Cole. There's some times where I've had to like, you'll say it and no one will correct you, so I'll like try find somewhere where you actually say the correct name. Oh, and put it in. Tim! <laughs> Just because or else it'll bug me forever because no one corrects it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've just yeah, and like. And that's and that's hilarious. Having that breathing, living circus in the background, I didn't want you guys just to be our oh, adventurers who are a part of the circus. And I think we reflect that really well, which was a, a definitive episode for me when I realised where this campaign was going and how I had to change the tone of the campaign. Was episode eleven, I think it was, or no, 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 it was episode nine or eight, and that's where Kale said, "I'm not an adventurer. I'm a circus." I'm a I'm circus boat. <laughs> and he walked off. I'm Seriously, Tim, Tim, Tim has messages from me going like, oh, fuck, did I fuck up? Like, all this and this. And he's like, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Just think about this. Like, think about that logically. Think about that from a character perspective. And I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, how the fuck do I convince a character to go on an adventuring campaign if they don't go on the campaign, you know? And so yeah, it was yeah. this, there was this big thing for me where I had to sit down and I had to go, okay, I need to... They can't just plod along through this adventure because they're not adventurers. They're like, as far as we know, like Uri has some background in fighting in the whole um, holds and belts in with his tribe, but 
he's old, he's retired. We only know a little bit about that, though. Yeah. He's relearning the steps that he originally learned. Javier, mm. um, we don't know much about his past. And as far as we're aware, he wasn't part of a fighting crew, he wasn't part of a venturing crew. He's handy with a rapier, but we don't know where that came from. And we know that, and we know a little about Kale and that he uses magic, but his magic is primarily for pranks and food building. And so, and so I stood back and went, yeah, why the fuck are these guys going on an adventure? <laughs> so that's when I had to change. And then in book two, which I, I do want to discuss, uh, not book two, book one, chapter two, I do want to discuss with you because that went completely different to how I predicted it to begin with. And I had to completely redo it. <laughs> and yeah, like, and I was, I'm really, really happy that we managed to go along this and keep that sense of agency and that sense of needing to be where we were going because there was a little bit of that in the hermitage like why are we here like why are we doing what we're doing and then when you guys found out why you were there it's like okay now that now we are invested in this there's a reason we're invested would like with the uh with the simple name drop of victor volcano who you guys had just interacted with and you realized he had been mm. at the hermitage it was like okay what the fuck is going on here yeah and so i Adding like and then having that in there, it's like you know, it, it's, it's that that like gives like gives that kind of push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that got me thinking about um, something you and I spoke about, Adam. It was probably actually way back mm. when we were chatting about um, like the early episodes. Was how much do you reckon, if at all, um, you ended up deviating from the actual book? Because I remember you telling me that like the story of the book is just like yeah, these guys are at a circus now. This is happening. The first. The first chapter is very much like that. I I think after I run the first chapter, I was like, okay, I think I need to play around with this a bit more and change it. Because the first chapter is literally, you guys find me on dead, you do the performance, and then it's this event happens, this event happens, this event happens, this event happens. This event happens if they go here, this event happens goes there. And that's why that first chapter where you guys were like, holy shit, this went down, I need to go to bed. <laughs> and me is not an experienced dm with you guys i was like oh yeah this happened and then this happened and they were out of sorts than they were meant to be but like all oh, that's meant to happen that night mm. and i was like man like if that was over a week and had i planned better ahead in my opinion that first chapter would have been a, a little bit better in my opinion but like the, what we did there with the relationship you guys have built with um Teresa and canino which i want to involve more in it um, uh, more in it is, is 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 wonderful. Like, and it's like you straight away get rid of the guy who killed. Uh, get rid of the uh, uh, Namir mm. who killed um, who killed um, Mira. And it's it's just all that all at once on the first night. And you're like, holy shit! Like, and you guys like literally like Kale. I think it was like down to like two hit points and no spells because he used them up all in his his trick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. And it's like, so that was a massive <laughs> learning experience for me. And I'm really glad that I was stressed out of my brains with that because it made me um, think, no, I've got to change this as we move through. You know, yeah. Josh and Kale, favorite moment? Mm, besides, no, well, first there's the improvised trick. In the oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. All that I got, so okay, so everyone, all I got from Josh was play this and that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Like, it's just like, I just need to make sure that this and this are on stage. And I'm like, yeah, they'll be on certain stage anyway because nobody else is using them. They can just be left up there. And I'm like, and then it was um, the band gets given this to play, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And I remember just laughing. I had tears in my eyes during that 
during that um, thing. I've re-listened to that trick, just that trick, like at least eight times. Because <laughs> just, it just always gets me going and gets me laughing. I was like struggling to keep it together as I was <laughs> role-playing it. I was <laughs> and especially when you hit the side of the tank. <laughs> yes. oh it's God. honestly so good to listen back to. Like just everyone, yeah. everyone taking off. And like you said, Josh, trying to keep it together. I think you doing that makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah, but apart from the trick, sorry, as well as should we should say. So there's that, because um, that is a highlight. Oh, um, I think Cole's character arc of him uh, finally standing up to yeah, uh, um, Mordane. Mordane, yeah, yeah. I did enjoy that. I I I love Cole, and I know we all kind of hate him. We all feel kind of a little bit sorry for him, and. I, he's just a really fun character to play. None of you guys at home ever see this, but as I play him, I always just like my hands always go just oh, above my see. arms. Oh, we can see. I know see. you can, yeah. but everyone at home who's listening, right. my arms come up I'm just pretty below sure my Pretty sure you don't need to see it in the Hello. It's yeah, in the no, voice. You can literally hear the action. You can hear the body mm. posture. I can hear the grease. He's just an unfortunate person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never. I've never. <laughs> I. I've never. I've only ever found two characters in TV shows that compare him to how I see him and I, I feel him. And if everyone's watched Afterlife, no. like the Ricky Gervais oh, no. TV series no, that he's released. Ah, okay. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Eraser. It's fantastic. I haven't watched it, but... It's very, very good. Very, very sad and very, very kind of... Yeah, it's fantastic. But there's a character in that who is quite clearly at the bottom of his ropes and that's like... He's like really sad, depressed and he's very unfortunately always inappropriate with the things that he says. But it's a mix of that and uh, Jim from Friday Night Dinners. Yeah. And so just combining those two, just this very unfortunate person, but he's always got a positive outlook. Like, you'll never find Cole upset. Like, he'll go, oh, okay, like, I'm, I'm fine. It's like, yeah, I deserve yeah. what you're giving me, and I'm okay with that. In fact, <laughs> oh. you just giving me attention and shouting at me, I, cr- I, I, that's, I get that. And so it was like, so yeah. Poor Cole. <laughs> and like, I wanted, I wanted to make, after that first interaction, I think with him, um, very, very first, where he had the bum bag, which he pulled that little small nut thing out of, and he ate the moist but yet dry chicken. Oh. I was like, we're keeping this guy. He's, he's, he's going to be there for a long time. Because originally it was just supposed to be this smarmy, like sneaky, creepy guy. But again, as we went through, it was just kind of like, he's like the guy that everyone has hanging around with. No one really wants to talk to him, but everyone kind of appreciates him a little bit and so actually getting that bit at the end where oh, where he, he was able to tell stand up to Mordain and like Yuri just goes yes and like yeah. he genuinely thinks Yuri's his best friend so having that come back and like his best friend congratulate him I have him to be cause... honest I do love I do love the Yuri uh, Cole moments <laughs> even though it's like he... as Yuri Yuri's just like uh, what? this little that guy is just so bloody annoying or whatever. I, I don't mind. And you're like, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I just see like Kyle's face curdle every time he comes into yeah, a scene. Yeah, yeah. I, just yeah. just kind of, so <laughs> I just I love the character interactions because it's just like it, it, it forces me to like think about how Uri would be like you know because Uri mm. wouldn't. I don't think Uri would immediately dismiss him, and he doesn't really but like all the other guys kind of like just brush him off and he was just like you know he's, he's not bad he's not awful yeah but, i mean he's, the, he's, he's not the worst he's just unfortunate oh god <laughs> he's not yeah he's not a mean guy only only to the people that are mean yeah, to him exactly. or his friends <laughs> hey adam hey tim how long actually do you would you say that cole has been at the circus he has been um 
so we know that he was with Madame Dustlight beforehand. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was yep. in the circus. So when Mordain joined Madame Dustlight's uh, circus, uh, he was kind of just like pushed onto her because Madame Dustlight, as he said, Madame Dustlight doesn't like me with them anymore. But that's why he has such a like a close. He sees it as a close relationship, but it's probably the same as your guys have relationship, but a lot meaner and crueler. And uh, he has the same sort of relationship with Victor with. Um, the other ones who I can't think of at, at the moment, uh, Thingy Bounce Bounce and all that, yeah, all, Jell- they, all of them That's know it. him. And he's like, he's been in those rooms with all of them talking because he was Madame Dustlike's assistant. Obviously, a lot worse abused than he is now by, than he is with Mordain. Mordain obviously doesn't treat him right, but she would have seen how he responded to certain things and just adapted that kind of. But that's changing. Mordain is the one person I really wanted to do a character arc for. But it just didn't work out, and I was like, I will stop trying to spiral and try and figure out her character, and we can do that mm. later. But she, she's 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 important. I mean, she's had some moments. She's had moments, and she's she's grown in sorts. I think. I think she doesn't think she rules the world as much. I think, uh, yeah, I think she's kind of like come down a little bit, but she's still definitely like, I am better than you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But she just thinks that uh, the gap is a little bit, you know, closer. I guess shorter. Yeah. <laughs> It's been taken down by like half a percent, so it's no longer like a hundred. It's now ninety nine point five. So we'll get we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll trip chip away at it slowly. And Tim, as as the only listener who's been on the pod and been able to ask questions, because you're a dearest fan. I mean, you spend hours listening to us. You probably listen to the podcast more than anyone else. Yeah, that's yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. all the great and worst. Almost parts. Kind of What was your favorite part? All the, all the food, all the things I cut out. <laughs> no, I do. I do appreciate all this. The sorry Tim that comes up in the background every now and then. That always, that always makes me I've already done one of those today. So yeah. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> It'll be fun to have like a completion of all of them. I know we've done. Oh no, like that would be my audios. least favorite thing. Yeah, like, okay, Tim. I can only. Sorry, I can Tim. Say, sorry, Tim. Sorry, Tim. Oh, the sorry, Tim. Okay, I thought you were saying like this. The, the a compilation of like the the sips and the the crunches because like no, no. Tim. I have to say like I wouldn't editor, want Tim they, to sit through. I that. wouldn't be able to do it because I just I can't deal with that kind of thing. Like people people mm. put like uh, I like I I accidentally watched it like uh, uh, someone eating ASMR video a couple of weeks ago and I honestly like had to control the like almost uh, base base like urge to vomit because I was just like I I, I couldn't handle it I was just not okay so thank you so much for doing that and for bearing with that just as an aside. Nah, you guys, you guys aren't too bad. I just cut out the crinkly chips. That's about it. I, I do try and mute my microphone on on the, the recording track uh, when I need to like clear my throat or something. But sometimes <laughs> I miss it, and you know, so I was... It's hard with Yuri's voice. I think oh, it is man. really hard. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, 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 okay, what was it? The a couple of episodes, oh, the, five or six episodes yes. ago, when we had that. Uh, Thing the the, the, note, the, the notes the book, the book. and I was, <laughs> and I was like I want to re- I'm I'm committing the, to this like I, I yeah I'm, I'm and I'm like please down. I'm like got my and, hand on my head I'm Adam, like Adam you don't like, have Josh, to Joe, like Kale's like no 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 seriously I can I can read it for you he's like he was like no 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 I got it and, and Adam's like no Bray seriously if you don't want to do it don't do it it's like breaking out characters like no no mate I was just like, that was probably the most my voice uh, got punished doing doing that speak Speaking of Yuri's voice, the weirdest thing about Yuri's voice, and I think the reason why I enjoy it so much, is the underlying, uh, like, we got your the raspy, croaky, kind of older orc sound, but that accent you got underneath mm. is exactly how my cousin in the UK talks. 
And so part of me always feels like he's my cousin in that voice, and it's like that just the accent, the English-ish like kind of. Um, uh, I mean, that was, accent. That was I just I, I only just clicked accent. with me now, like where where that is, and it's like click. I'm like, oh my god, that's my cousin in the UK. I can I can hear that. I'm not saying anything bad against you, Reese. By the way, that I'm I'm like it's it's lovely for me. If, if you're listening, I don't think you are, but you should. Uh, we're, we're not not doxing, but where whereabouts like geographically? Uh, Blackpool. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's like yeah. yeah kind south of where I thought it. West coast. Yeah. Because that that one thing is what I always find fun when I create characters is picking mm. a, a character voice. Uh, like you don't have to necessarily do it if you want to play in character. Like a lot of players just uh, just play in character and just talk in their normal voice. But I, mm. it's one of the important things for me to get myself in character is to to uh, vocalize like that character. And I do it yeah. for all of the 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 things that I do. And you do you do as well. I noticed that in a lot of your things that you play I, yeah, yeah i i like to have a voice for my character which is why like having so many npcs it's like i it's have hard a to be so diverse of voices <laughs> yeah. and it's like here's a new npc uh let's try and do something that doesn't go from scottish and in a few sentences time it becomes indian and then goes back up and sounds, <laughs> really, it's, sounds it's, gaelic when i try and correct it but it's really hard uh, like when you're jumping between characters as like the dm mm-hmm. to to maintain like if you have different like dialects that you've uh picked uh, just like geographically because they all have like distinct mm. sounds and you can normally if you're not jumping in and out of those like rapidly you can keep them like pretty well but when you're doing like the character switches and stuff like it just ends up sometimes you yeah. slip like mid mid sentence and then you realize you can hear it you're like okay i just slipped way out of my character's voice just then <laughs> like I when i pulled bunny in instead of axel and i'm like and you're like oh no i meant axel it's like oh okay i'm gonna go over <laughs> yeah, 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 hi yeah. i'm axel <laughs> Oh, that was so uh, good! I loved that. The professors popped up a few a few times earlier on when it wasn't the professor. I can't remember who else you were doing. Mm. But the professor's voice kept coming out. It's the professor and Harlock. They're That's very similar. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. I I use the same accent I use for professor professor, professor Gideon, Gideon from Tales of Pesh, uh, Strange Aeons podcast, and he's Inquisitor who is old but yet young due to his own. Uh, alchemic work but I was like I love that accent I want that to be Harlock and then it was like the professor and you get a line that says raspy voice because he did fire breathing too long (laughs) and I'm like well that works really well with that and we're not going to see Harlock for a while I'll find a new voice for Harlock and then in my brain I forgot that and I'm like listening to the first episode oh that's how Harlock sounds completely forgetting that's how the professor sounds too (laughs) yeah just um, just got a little bit of tidbit of background about the professor as well nice yeah, well, Professor's Professor's like eighty years old. He's like fire breather. Yeah, he's been I don't around think, for a I don't think we knew that time. he was a fire breather. Yeah. Oh, really? I know. thought I said nope. no. I think first time you meet him. Um, I sorry, I just knocked my microphone. Uh, first time you meet him, I, I think I describe him having like scars on his neck from fire breathing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's That's got. So, so he's got like. <laughs> it has. <laughs> and like each of you have a different imagination in your brains of what he looks like, and. Yeah. That's one of the things I've also spoken to you guys about. Like when I kind of want to give like a description of a character, unless it's really poignant and I really want to emphasize certain things, I try to give you like 60, 70%. So the extra 40, 30%, you guys can create in your mind and it kind of forces you to, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's like, I only give you, I give you the majority and then it's like, oh, well, how would it look? It will kind of look like this, kind of look like that. And your brain's already trying to create that picture in your mind. It was a small trick I picked up from, um, I think it was like a tick 
not even a TikTok, something different. But it was uh, a Vine, maybe, I don't know. A YouTube video, let's go with that. And I was like, that's a really good idea. And so that's when I started experimenting with it, um, just before we started doing our pod. But yeah, all right, well, here's the thing that I'm actually really interested. We all have experience playing fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. And some of us a little bit before and stuff like that. But the main differences between 5th edition and Pathfinder 2nd edition. I want the good things. I want the bad things. Like, I'm going to go out and say I love the three actions. Yeah. I think yeah, I agree. three actions that you can do whatever you want with, basically. It's like you can use it as a move action, a thing action, a thing action. And it's, you just go, yeah, it's an action. I like... I'm going to use an action to do this. It, I feel like it's a lot more streamlined. Um, not being a spellcaster at all, or playing Pathfinder 2, 2E at all, I know spells get affected with that, but it's kind of nice that you can spend more time on a spell to make it more powerful. Like, that's... I like that. And then from level from level 1, you can do 3 attacks. Yeah. Which are which Although, are pretty pointless, because the second 2 attacks pretty much always miss. Always miss. Usually, yes. Yeah, which is something that I struggled with, with Javier mm. for the first couple of levels, is my... The, I would say one of the good and bad things I've found about Pathfinder is it gives you that power fantasy of having such a high hit roll compared to 5e. Like 5e, for the first five or six levels, your hit roll, you're getting plus six, plus seven, whatever, on the dice. In Pathfinder, you're getting plus 10, plus 11, yeah. plus 14. We're up to, I think, now. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, which I really like, but it also means that the creatures that you fight are scaled in their AC. Mm-hmm so that they're also much harder to hit and something that I struggled with with Javier, which we've sorted out now because I've kind of figured out a different way to play him, um, was I was just never able, able to hit anything because my first attack, I, you know, if I rolled unluckily, it would miss and then the bonuses on the second and third attack would be so low. Because it reduces it by like five and six, doesn't by it? Five yeah, by five time, every, yeah. every so attack like, Unless I was rolling 16 plus on the dice... I would never hit those second and third attacks, mm. so it made the character kill, feel kind of useless. Yeah. Um, but since we've leveled up that last time, it's really... It put me at uh, plus three compared to what my last attack bonus was, so basically I'm hitting as often as I wish um, at the moment. So, yeah, I think that's both a good and bad thing about, um, about Pathfinder. To me, it seems like exactly the same thing as 5th edition and Pathfinder 1st edition. I don't know. The three action system isn't a real change, really, when you think about it. Because the the three attacks are useless until you hit a certain level, as Kyle said. Mm. And in other systems, Pathfinder First Edition and Five E, at that level, you get extra attacks anyway. So it's yeah becomes irrelevant at that point. And yeah, although I, uh, on that, I will say, I mean, yeah, I agree with you about the attacks, but uh, in terms of doing other things, it gives you a lot more flexibility. Like if you want to just dash three times, you can do that. If you want to, like with 5e, I find myself bounded a lot by my action slash bonus action. If you really want to make the most out of your turn, you really have to have this diverse mm. suite of actions and bonus actions. And if your character or class doesn't give you that, then you can't just... You do a move and an action and then you don't have a bonus action to do or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it feels a bit wasteful. Whereas the one thing I love about the Pathfinder is anything, like you said, Adam, anything is an action, so... Oh, I need to get up to this guy and he's quite far away. Bang, I can just move three times. Mm. The other thing I'm going to bring up is attacks of opportunity. Having to be a feat. I originally didn't like it, but watching Havayer and Yuri use their abilities to move through and, like, move around in combat. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like, it, 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 part of me at the beginning was like, oh, no attacks of opportunity. I'm like, ugh. 
Like, I don't, not sure. But then when I thought about it and I started seeing you guys starting to use the tactics, like, I think it was mainly towards the end of the, um, the, uh, the Hermitage. Hermitage, And, like, yeah. halfway yeah. through fighting the Zorgats in the tower, seeing you yeah. guys move around and being like, yeah, there would be an attack opportunity there, one there, one there. And it just frees up combat yep. for both me and you, which means we don't have to all go, all right, everyone, and bull rush everyone <laughs> in a clump until everyone dies. Yep, everyone in a clump. And that, that is something that I've implemented into my own 5e games. Oh, wow. Attacks of opportunity are kind of base. I've just taken them away because it gives all of the characters opportunity then to move around. And so I've said attacks of opportunity only occur when there's multiple people piling on the one person. Yeah, I like that. So like when someone's flanked or something like that, they get attacks of opportunity because... Yeah, then they get attacked. But only one person can attack them instead of just be like, okay, if you're going to step away, you'll die, yeah. which forces everyone into that box. Yeah, that's stunned, one thing yeah. I love about uh, Pathfinder is you can just move freely through combat. And when you get the opponents that can do it, that's when you go, ooh. When they like have opportunity in, attack, yeah, yeah. Like with the um, step up move that the um, the retainers had at the Hermitage where you're like, I'm going to sprint this way. And I was waiting for ages for you to do that. I'm like, he follows you. And I remember the look on your face going, oh, oh. okay. And it just made you understand how good these guys are mm. in combat. It kind of changed how, not how serious you were taking it, but it was just like, okay, this is something else we've got to think yeah, about. Yeah, it changes how, what you, how you approach the uh, the situation. Um, yeah. Which I absolutely, uh, I actually, I really like as well. It allows for more fluid combat, I feel like. Hmm. Um, and just on the yeah the the, the pathfinder slash one e slash whatever, I, I do like the three thing uh, three action system as well. Yeah, just because yeah, I, I always find with my characters in other systems that I just get caught up. Like Kyle said, you you can only optimize your move your your, your action like your set of actions so much. Um, whereas like in, I, I guess I, I, I kind of like one uh, E. So in our strange islands where we play in one E, I like the mm. uh, how you can do like a full round attack kind of thing. So yep. if if you uh, sacrifice the ability to move or do anything else, you get the ability to make multiple attacks, or you, you can make a more powerful attack or whatever. Um, I like that. I like that, which isn't does not hap- occur in two E. But I, I just like mm. the uh, the. Uh, quality of life that uh, just the one action per whatever you want to do uh, or if it's like a spell that requires two actions or whatever to uh, uh, cast at a higher level or your whole turn to do that you know mm. that is what it is even some spells that ca- take multiple turns to cast kind of thing like you, you need to do yeah. five actions or something to cast it like that kind of thing like Josh magic missile if I'm cor- if I'm thinking correctly it's a single action to cast a single missile, but you can cast up to three if you use three actions, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I like I like that. It's like you spend the time to go ba-doo-boo-boo with your time, and you can move and then do it kind of thing, or yeah. you can do it and then move out the way kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. I do like the... Just with Pathfinder, just the general Pathfinder systems in general, um, and I guess it's it's more expensive for 1E than it is for 2E because it's just more modules and whatnot. Um, mm, so many more books. But the uh, in-depth character creation that you can get from Pathfinder yes. that you don't necessarily get from D&D. Like, I, I feel a lot of the time with D&D when I make a character, I, I go in and I'm like, okay, what's my race? What's my class? Cool. Boom, boom. Uh, and then I start thinking of a backstory. Whereas, like, with Pathfinder, I'll, you can kind of, like, tailor your, your character to fit a backstory. 
Which, uh, sorry, fit a more specific backstory, I guess, because you can still tailor your class to be to be backstory specific in Pathfinder uh, in D&D, but yeah. It, like, rewards you for being, like, this is my backstory, okay, what feats am I going to take to yeah. dress my backstory in my how my character acts and how they are? And it's really easy, because, like, I remember doing it with you, um, Ray, that we're like, okay, look at this, and you're like, oh, this. Mm. I'm like, yes, and that means such and such, such and such in your backstory. Or it could mean that. And you're like, yeah, 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 Absolutely. it can go on to do this, yeah. this, and this. And so it's it's a drive for you, because you've got your ancestry feats, you've got your class feats, and you've got your, like, I think... There's just generally character feats. So like, like yeah, you've got, you've got your race feats, like uh, which is your ancestry ones. I've got uh, just general feats. You've also got the the class feats as well. Class based so, feats, yeah, yeah. The, and you've I got, feel like you've got a huge range of, us... of variability in that as well. Like that you can deep dive into each class that changes completely changes how that class. Like even if you've got the same subclass, you could be playing two completely different roles based on the feats that you oh, pick, 100%. which is. I find really cool. And then that also bleeds into out of combat, which I feel like a lot of uh, D&D stuff specifically is very heavily combat-based, which Pathfinder is, is as well. Like, most of my things here yeah. are uh, combat or action-based, which is only usually happens in encounters, but some of the things I can just, you know, take that are out of, out of combat. And there's a lot, of, a lot more of those choices in Pathfinder than in D&D. Like, you have a lot of... Uh, yeah, character building with respect to the, 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 the rule book, I guess, which I really like. Even though even though that does involve reading a lot of <laughs> rules and having to deep dive yeah. into a lot of books and modules and... And read into the lore and just like go, okay, if I was from here and I do take this feat, what do I kind of need to know kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly. I really enjoy the ancestry feats because... Um... When I was in the old campaign with you, Adam, we were playing 5e for like, mm. I don't know how many years. A good long while. Yeah. And then we started a new game with new characters again. But I wanted to try sort of bring over one of my characters from the D&D game into the 2e. Uh, or something similar, just because it was really enjoyable to play. Um, and I kind of found that like the ancestry feats worked both ways. Either you're like, oh, this is cool, and then you build your background off that. Or if you have an idea for your background, it's fun to try find what feats fit that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of what we did with Uri. Is we had the idea yeah. and we're like, okay, what what feats kind of fit this idea that we have? And also, how do we maybe necessarily need to adapt the idea to also fit it within the framework of the game? Yeah. Which is also yeah. an important thing. Because you can't just... If you want to uh, be, a, I guess, a good Pathfinder or a D&D player, you can't just say, hey, I want to be this player and then or be this character and it doesn't even remotely fit with what your dm dm or the other players are trying to yeah, uh, trying to play as well that kind of was an issue with um our old game that was still pathfinder um it was still one e we were doing skulls and shackles and mm. which is a fantastic mm, i'd like to give it another campaign. go but like with a character a character that's better for it oh 100 yeah i kind of shot everyone in the foot in that campaign i was just like hey make <laughs> yeah. characters and then straight away, like what happens in that campaign, you get shanked into being part of a pirate yeah. crew. And I was like, it'd be fun if we just took randoms and did that. But the player's guide kind of says you should really make them make characters who are kind of wanting to do that. Because the game literally states if you are neutral, if you're any step over the line of neutral towards good, you're going to struggle in this campaign. And I, I completely mm. glossed over that. And then when after reading that, I was like... Oh, because oh, we had like a halfling <laughs> yeah, who was, was a really, really up, good yeah. halfling who discovered how gunpowder worked and he killed his brother and he felt guilty about it. 
and he was just like yeah i don't think my character would be on a pirate crew and i'm like that's when it clicked i was like i fucked you guys over okay <laughs> let me really rethink yeah and then COVID hit and we stopped playing yeah, it, was, it, was, um, it was good for a while we were at it for a while but to some of the yeah some of the characters um until they died and got to make new characters and that were a bit more fitting mm-hmm. that we nearly killed immediately anyway um <laughs> kind of yeah kind of struggled with that one but like you guys were saying earlier on with this one you kind of um we don't know all your backgrounds and everything but you sort of worked your characters into this story like in their own way yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah well i now want to ask you coming from different campaigns obviously there's the traditional very much good versus evil style campaigns you've got your like detective work kind of figuring out like problems for um, like a city or something work like how did you feel about the circus theme like the theme of being in a circus and having these problems thrown at you like I know we kind of touched on it before but I kind of want to direct it more towards like how do you feel like kind of being thrust like your characters being thrusted into an adventure but also being part of a circus group it makes you think about why you are playing a character and what your character is doing and how you approach the game in a different way. Mm. Because it's very easy to be an adventurer, I think. It's very easy to be heroic and go forward and banish the evil whatever. The quest that you go on by whoever gives it to you, rescue the the blacksmith's daughter, right? Mm. Like, that's the classic. It's very easy to get in that mindset. Whereas being part of a circus, like we kind of touched on at the start you have to change the way that you think about it Mm. like why is my character here why are they adventuring what is the point of them doing all of this um on top of also then creating your own kind of backstory and uh theme um and uh like persona through your performance which is one of the things i really enjoyed doing uh for episode one with javier was how do i present javier in the first episode uh, to kind of get his aura across, which I think has changed quite a lot since we started. But I think he's, I really he's grown as a character. I think, yeah, like whether or not it's our perspective on him, but I think he he is the one that I've seen a lot of growth in the most. Oh, I for think. sure, like from just listening to it, for sure. But there's still been mm. some of those moments where you guys have like um, still busted out the old style of you know what? All right, we'll just kill this dude. Yeah, because like, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just so easy. One of my favorite moments was um, what's the name when you're first fighting that uh, that rat witch woman? What's her name? Namir. Yeah. And you have a bramble cloak. Yeah, pretty. That's it. Yeah, you have a pretty decent fight, and then then Josh just comes along and just like throws the hatchet straight at her and like cuts her in half or whatever. <laughs> sure, that was <laughs> fucked. I had so much prepared right, for her, and it was just like, yeah, first attack, she's dead. I'm like, <laughs> over so quick. Well, like, oh, that, <laughs> that did it. Yeah, I guess. Mm. Okay, knowing what we know now, with Namia the way that she was, and come and attack the town, or come in to attack you, like. With everything that you've learned from the book now, that you've now learned from this, Emily. Sorry, I got something stuck in my throat. Uh, we'll have to cut that part out. Cut, cut, sorry, that, cut that out, Tim. Oh, Tim, Tim right cut that out. Again. <laughs> but leave that part <laughs> in. Thanks, Tim. Um, <laughs> like, Namir coming to you and killing uh, Miron. Part of me, when I was listening today, I was curious, like, do you guys think that she did that on her own volition? Or do you think she was trying to do that because after what you've learned with the book, how she was tempted by whoever this is that's done what they've done? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh, I think Uri uh, is under the impression that it was some kind of collusion between uh, the corrupted 
people at the, the Hermitage in Namir and, and and the the Dusklight uh, menagerie. Uh, just, mm. just like a general conspiracy thing. I don't think he. I think he's just more out to get, uh, like you know, blood. I think because he kind of uh, thinks that the yeah, Mistress Dustlight is uh, directly responsible for uh, Miron's death. So yeah, that's that's kind of his his kind of take on it. And also he knows that uh, because they're over near Eskadar at the moment, uh, that's the best place to get to Hala to uh, a place of uh, mm. some kind of medical renown or magical yeah. renown. Either one. Doesn't yeah, matter. Doesn't matter. But it's that, it's that thing where it's like, if we want to save Tahala and Greg, we have to go to <laughs> Eskadar. Sorry, I just completely forgot about yeah. Greg. Poor Greg. That's fine. Oh, he's going to be so pissed off. He's, he's, yeah, I mean, at least he's only he's, missing Is he going to be right? pissed off? Yeah, and, and all his stuff. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pinky finger. And, yeah. and his armor, and I guess parts of him been shaven off. He's going to have some skin grafts at least. Um, but, like, going greater, to Eskadar, you, you have to go to Eskadar to save them because a- Abiton is a backwater town where nothing nothing goes through that's of quality and everyone there is just basically just an idiot, mm-hmm. as we've now established. We have, very um, much so. And, um, Although some of them are kind idiots. Yeah. Doesn't make them just not like, idiots, yeah. though. Doesn't make them not idiots. Like the re- actually the relationship you guys had with the mayor uh, was very interesting. I really enjoyed that. Like the whole idea that you guys were like, because okay, so I'll throw in, so I'll bring this into kind of the things with like some of the things that you missed, and I'll pull this out here because yeah, we're talking about it a little bit. You weren't meant to go to the Hermitage with the mayor, for instance. Oh. The mayor was supposed to go there by himself, and the idea was that the town would ask you to go find him. Now I know that almost to the dot that I had a feeling you guys would not go. So I was like, it would be nice if we, we can, like, maybe this is something that you can learn to love Abiton by being with the mayor, but I feel like that just made you hate Abiton more. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was like, I mean, I kind of missed the mark on that. But, like, at the same time, it was, it was good to have that person who, like, representative of the town that you're saving, even though you're just directly involved uh, because you're there. And, like, it seemed more by the end of, the, by the end of uh, Chapter 2 that it was, like, whatever's going on at the Hermitage is affecting the town, which is affecting you so we have to go sort out the hermitage kind of thing or at least we have to go there to see like why why are things from the hermitage coming that's more where we yeah i think where that we ended up going as a as a party and as as the circus i guess it's like like you said it's uh, all this shit is affecting the circus if it was just affecting the town like that we might not necessarily have worried about it as much but because uh, it was almost directly proven that the, this hermitage had uh, a link with the death of Miron. Then that's when Uri started taking it personally, and he was like, "Well, actually, no, okay, shit's got to get sorted out," kind of thing. If if that hadn't have happened and there hadn't been that link, I don't think uh, Uri would have been as keen to to go out and adventure and do all the the killing and stuff, and, and I guess reigniting uh, old memories and wounds for him in doing mm. that but yeah yeah what actually what did you think of the three uh performers from mistress Dustlight's uh celestial menagerie uh well i i at first i thought that uh given the photos or pictures depictions of them that they give you in mm. the uh in the the uh gm guide uh 
making those characters organically work inside of any kind of town that isn't like you know a town that regularly allows like people to be murdered just openly on the streets would be very difficult yeah. because the, the depictions of them are quite you know graphic like yeah Jellico Bounce Bounce is like this dude who's like the the picture of him has got like like skulls and literal like blood dripping off his knives as he's holding it in his yeah. hands right <laughs> so I mean but Sorry, he looks uh, evil. I I liked the work that we'd done with uh, Uri's backstory with respect to that uh, to kind mm. of like uh, get give a reason why give yeah. a reason why because they because that's the other thing that I struggled with I wish I wish we could have done like maybe would have been really fun would have done a session of you guys escape or you and Kale and Cole Getting and out. everyone them, yeah. leaving yeah which we might do in the future I think that's a good idea and just to give perspective of why these people aren't nice, nice. why these people aren't good yeah because you're just gonna you're gonna get told ah Mr. Starlight's bad why ah because she mm, just enjoys just having power person, yeah she's just a bad person but so I really wanted to give her a reason to be feared if that makes sense yeah a reason why you don't like her and they don't really give you that in the book in the second book like it, they they talk about her more like she's not mentioned in the first book apart from like oh yeah some of the people are from her old circus like and it's like I, I, we need to know more I wish I wish there was like a whole thing that we could have gone through in the beginning and I wish I had done that but we could do that in the future and I'm gonna make sure we do <laughs> no this would be nice um yeah I guess any do you guys have any questions for me about like wondering like what we you might have missed or any like little areas or anything like that in the dungeons you missed out on and I won't do anything that would be like spoiling our story so far just I'll tell, I want to know what you missed when you guys went into to Abington and then got like had to fight those demons but oh, I, well. I, rem, I remember you meeting like the sheriff or no not the sheriff someone and they're talking about the sheriff's missing they're talking about wasps or something yeah the sheriff's like, missing this... there's a family missing yeah. there's a wasp in the mill the boar that's stopping everyone yeah, going to the orchard you guys fight some demons you're like nah, yeah well that's the thing and again in the book they say that someone eventually notices the demons at the graveyard and that's all in the inside the um the the church which i think was really nice to have that kind of like well we kind of been forced like yuri kind of goes oh you know and I'll, I'll, I'll go because it's like well fuck they've got nowhere else to do with it okay i'll do this kind of thing mm. and it was nice because because everyone in town was like oh look there he is <laughs> you know the belks and the guy knuckler you know um but yeah with the town um obviously you've got the there was the mill that had the giant wasps that also had misfits inside it that were linked to the hermitage. You had the boar that was defending against the uh, the orchard, who, um, if anyone had speak with animals or anything like that, would have learnt what would have happened. And Namiya was speaking to the creature and basically convinced it to stop anyone going to the orchard. And then you had the family that was missing, which is where you would have found uh, skins of the hermits inside there from the Vermlex who were obviously wearing the uh, skins right. of the Hermitage so that would have been another link back to the Hermitage I think Uri okay. did and think you would have found the, the, uh, you would have found the hat of the dead sheriff as well as well as his badge yeah okay yeah I think Uri when, when we found found the Vermlex things Uri was like these are the people that are missing are you guys missing some people <laughs> something mm. you know well they were the ones who owned owned the barn so that barn would have then you would have found it and I kind of I hinted at it at like in like uh, I think when you guys came back from or were just came back from the hermitage because I wanted to give you one last chance if you wanted to go through and that was with Aiden saying like his friends had gone missing and no one picked up on it or asked him about it and I would have gone on to say yeah no they used to live in that barn over there and then mm. 
you know, they disappeared and we don't know where they've gone, but yeah. So a bit of stuff that we didn't get to. A little bit, but it, th- that was the major one, book two. Book one, uh, there were misfits camping in the campsite that you missed, uh, downstream. Remember when you found that bag? Yeah, yeah. That was in the water? Yeah, so the misfits, there were four of them there that were with Namia, Namia's campsite when she was observing you guys for like two days. Ah. She'd been observing you and yeah, so she she had misfits there that were like kind of looking after her campsite. Um, everything you found, everything in the Erin Tower you found and I was holding my breath for that last room so bad. I was just like, I know they've killed the guy at the top but do want them, really want them to find that room. Otherwise it's going to be hard. Like I really want them to find that book, you know? Yeah, well, and the uh, still alive person inside of a chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good old Emily. Isn't she great? Isn't Emily fantastic? Yeah, She's a well, great person. yeah, sure, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I was waiting, like, like I was waiting for any, like, um, sense motives or anything like that. And I was actually expecting, like, Kale to do it. But I think Kale was too impressed by his new armor to think that way. But I was, I was like, I don't think, I think Kale would try and pick up on it. But then, no, I didn't go that way. So, but I loved it. it we, like, it meant that we could have that awesome, awesome finish at the end. Which I was really happy about. Um, you missed one room in the Hermitage, and that was after the ghoul fight. You guys didn't carry around the corner, carry on around the corner, which is where you would have found the like leader of the ghouls. Ah, uh, that's about it. So it's pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, the dinosaurs at the Aaron Tower. Could I have tamed them? Yes. Damn it. There. Yes. <laughs> Potentially oh, yes. Oh, oh, you also oh, could have taken the eggs. You could have taken the eggs, but those two other dinosaurs would have fought you, and they had like yeah. seventy something hit points. I, I figured they'd be pretty tough. Yeah, and high AC because of that thing, but they were slow moving and stuff. And yeah, how how quickly did you guys kind of pick up on that there were the gelatinous cubes? I feel like I hinted at that too yeah, much. Instantly. <laughs> instantly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> as, as soon as you said they're clean, yeah, like, that's what cube. I was thinking. Yeah, but <laughs> in character, it's like Javier obviously doesn't know yeah. what that means. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can't I can't let on that I know what it is. Yeah. Because I was like, because I was, because they they patrol yeah. the wall, they patrol the all the areas, and you guys were very yeah. lucky that it wasn't until the end. Like I was just like seeing where they went, doing, doing dice rolls and stuff to see where they'd go, and they just <laughs> stuck to that second floor like butter. And it wasn't until that fight where I did the roll, and I'm like, okay, now they're coming around the corner. Okay, so and the the boss that you guys were fighting just uh, before they came, he sent the two demons around the corner um, and they got swallowed by the cube <laughs> like because they just ran into the cube because they don't have they have like dark they have like low light vision not dark vision and so they just ran straight yeah. into the cube and that's why they came around the corner just kind of stuck in them um, what I did find really interesting and I didn't pick up on like even as a player mm. was um, the little pillar things that obviously prevented the cubes from entering their yeah. uh, sleeping area Yeah, I, I thought that that was just for like traps so that they could detect if anyone was coming and then it wasn't until after we actually entered the like the the bedding area where they were all sleeping and like looked inside it that i was like oh shit there's dirty in here obviously the cubes can't get in yeah that's why the walls are up and they they had set up those walls just to kind of stop them because like they can kind of fit through some things but if you put enough of a barricade around it then yeah 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 that was cool i I enjoyed that i liked Mm. how you were hinting at the cubes like the whole time that the guys are in the tower and then they just get wiped out like straight away like (laughs) dude it was it was my favorite combat i think I think my favourite combat... We'll do that as well. We'll talk about favourite combat. So the favourite combat was that one, just because we got to see crit after crit after crit, <laughs> which is always just fun. Just having crits is just great fun, and that's the great thing about cubes. They have, like, a hundred and something hit points, but you crit every time you hit, so it doesn't matter. Um, and, yeah, the cubes are always good fun to face because it's literally they walk into you. Can you breathe? No. Well, acid. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty basic. They're, like, the most basic 
thing, but one of my favorite things to ever have. And like, I know in Josh's campaigns, when we played in the Eberron campaign, Sins from the Past, uh, go, we had a part where we were going through the sewers and there were cubes down there, as well as having like little cubes in other campaigns, I think having them as like little cleaning things and like having them like really tiny ones and like to clean bowls and stuff. I've always loved that. Ever since Josh like opened my eyes to what monsters could be used for in like the hospitality industry, I guess you could say. Um, I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. And yeah, you just cut them down to size. They're like the ones from Minecraft. You can just, here, have a wrapped up cube and they will just clean. <laughs> yeah, I love them. But yeah, so that, that was my favourite combat. That one there. And the one where I almost, almost pushed Yuri off the edge of the Errant Tower. Oh, dude. I was like, I need to put, I was just like, when I got that crit, I was just like, is it far enough? No, it's not, sadly. And he, and you died after that hit. So you would have fallen off yeah. and died. Yeah. 100%. And it was like, man, if I can get that. And, but you guys just absolutely fucked up Kevin, Kevin Cash. I think... Um, absolutely screwed him up. Just on the combat thing. Like, that's uh, that's probably one of the, been, been, been one of the hardest things that we've... Like, I know it's, you know, normally, like, you know, most of D&D, yeah. but uh, we seem to go very RP heavy. Uh, mm. But, yeah, it's one of the things that we've struggled with most is uh, having a frontline fighter. Because Uri is, like, this yes. uh, massive orc that's got, like, this huge like muscles and whatever but he's actually you know un, uh, he's a rogue he's a rogue yeah uh, in the yeah. class like you know stats so it's like you know the the ac and the the hit points that you get from a rogue uh stat line is not as great but like mm. you know he doesn't necessarily have that uh high you know uh, ac because you know he's huge so yeah Right. He's meant to be nimble and darting about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the inability to have a frontline fighter uh, has just meant that U Uri has come very close to death a couple of times. <laughs> With me, so uh, you know, Three, we, were, we were talking about uh, ancestral feats before. Uh, took a throwaway feat of Die Hard as an ancestral feat uh, back when we first made Uri as a character, which means that you die on a uh, dying uh, value of five rather than four. Um, has that actually has saved, saved me twice. Yeah, saved yeah. Uri twice. And that was just a throwaway selection when I first made my character. <laughs> and, oh, God. Yeah, it's one of those, oh, I'll never need yeah, it. Literally. Like, if literally. I'm dying four, I'll definitely be dying five. I'll be already dead, right? No, yeah. that's no, not we've, true. Yeah, we've got yeah. you, I think, yeah, up on the top of the tower, and I think it was that first fight in the hallway against... Was It, it was against the frog and the two um, retainers after you just exited from the ghouls. Because you guys didn't heal after that, so you kind of got fucked yeah. up straight away. Yeah, that's it. And I was like, that's like the second fight in, holy yeah. shit. You know, any more cool fights oh. we had. I liked how actually, do you know what I will say? I like how we probably have more RP episodes than we do fighting episodes. Like we've got a couple where it is just like online, like the Aaron Tower was just fight after fight after fight. Same back with the Hermitage. Back, yeah. Hermitage was fight, 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 which was fun. But we had those episodes where we just did RP for so long, and I'm I'm really happy we did. I'm really happy that we managed to get all that RP out because that really like fleshed out and fluffed up that circus idea the idea of you guys being part of a circus and in a circus and yeah. the relationships you guys had because before this you weren't the closest you knew of each other like you were like you have established relationships inside the circus with certain people like with Kale, uh, with Kale and Tahala with Yuri and Bunny with um Havayer and um the person's name who's completely forgotten right now because <laughs> I've got my book open um with, with the Featherfall <laughs> 5 like and also a little bit with um with uh Axel 
like being the newest person. Illyria. Like I didn't, I knew that Is you were Illyria? like, yeah, Lyra. No, thank yeah. you, Lyra, Lyra, yeah. And like, yeah. So it's, it was, it was nice that you kind of had that person bounce off. Well, as a listener's like perspective, I like the um, uh, that episode that was basically like Uri and um, Tahala talking, just with Tahala in her. Mm. I think she was in a, yeah. a tent or in wherever she was. In a, in a, a, a caravan. Yeah, yeah. And she was telling about like the past fights and like. You get some like some pretty deep backstory and stuff, but I don't know. It was just it was a good episode. Yeah, I was actually going to say uh, one of my one of my favorite episodes was was that kind of interaction with with Uri and Tahala. Uh, just because we we could because like uh, Adam hadn't we like we hadn't talked through that part, uh, portion of Uri's backstory with respect to his brother and Tahala uh, making her kill her first kill and all that kind of stuff. We hadn't talked through that, so when he threw that at me, I was like, oh shit! And I was like, that was. Did you? did you know straight away like did did at what point during that story of her killing your brother did you know that that would have been your brother like when you when you did the name drop like when 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 she was like oh like uh, there was a, a, a bit before but like then she was like talking about um uh killed the son of oh, i can't remember his father's name <laughs> give me a second so i should have had my notes up as well um oh it's gone oh no that's a new backstory <laughs> now yeah um um but yeah when you did the name drop i was like oh god that name rings a bell and then i was like it, it, like out of character i was like oh my god that that name really rings a bell and then i was like oh shit and i was like went to my backstory tab i was like uh adam what are you doing how does Uri react <laughs> yeah. to this Onwa Akachel and i was just like arrow of okran yeah that's it okran okran and because i was like because because i was like i really want to get some of tahala's backstory in because if this is the last time we see her i do want to have like a little bit of her almost forgiving the orcs because of how she lived her life. Like, we knew that she was a Choanti hunter and living in the, um, I've got it here as well, living in the Great Storval Rise, it's very competitive in that area between the tribes of Belks and Orcs and and the uh, Shawanti nomadic tribes in that area. Mm. And it's beautiful. If you ever get, like, and if anyone's near a computer, look up the Great Storval Rise and... Um, the Mindspin Mountains. The art that you get for that is just beautiful. You've got, like, lightning coming down. I think it's purple within orange clouds. It's crazy. It's beautiful. And it's just, like, that's what she had as a painting. And so when I was like, please let... Because the, the thing was, with that part of the story, I was like, it's either going to be Uri, who's going to go in, and he's going to hear that story, or it's going to be Kale, yeah. who goes yeah. in and hears that story. Which means Bray would have to sit there knowing that Uri's character, uh, Uri's brother, had died to Tahala, but his character would have no idea. Yeah. And it may be an off thing at some point where he talks about, like, oh, yeah, I had a brother. It was called this. And then Kale will go, oh, oh, shit. And, like, <laughs> it's that decision, like, whether or not he would say it. And I, I kind of wanted it that way, but I was like, no, I'll do it that way. And I literally framed it. It, it was written, we have written down. It's like, literally, whoever comes in and like says um and like looks and sees that painting and like takes notice of that painting that's the person she's going to tell the story to yeah and it just happened to be uri uri was always going to notice it it being you know mm. shawanti in nature and whatnot and then mm. i guess they have somewhat of like a hidden backstory of like you know tension i mean it's even alluded to in mm. like our first episode was it oh second episode whenever when uh in the performance uri like uh, second, second one, yeah, when Uri goes on to perform and he strips down and he's got like all the the scars and the yeah. and the whatnot, which is the uh, characteristic 
characteristic of his tribe. Uh, and Tahala's just like, oh, and just goes deadpan kind of thing. Yeah, and just goes deadpan because, like, and then you're like, oh, that's right, she's Shawanti. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, she yeah. Is. And, then, and you were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, in, in, out of character moment, I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, I, I do like yeah. that kind of thing, how we work those characters together and kind of build that relationship up, up mm. as well. I, I, yeah, I really liked that episode between Tahala and... Yeah. And, it, and then, yeah, like, I guess his prayer over her after uh, Kale had turned her into a, into a statue or whatever, or before, whatever it was. Yeah. Just because after that, uh, yeah, interaction, she's just like, yeah, I respect, even though you killed my brother, yeah. respect kind of thing. Yeah, well done yeah, to killing exactly. my brother. <laughs> you know, yeah. There was a lot of things that I I hope I picked up on with that last episode, like that last sit-down. Obviously, we sit down and record two episodes in one session. So we all sit down there for the full, uh, both episodes in a row, and then we have a week break. And I was just hoping that last performance we had, we wrapped up all, like, the loose ends. And I think, I think we did. I think we did. I don't think there's any that, like, we didn't. And the Tahala one was, like, one that I really wanted to make sure that was done and dusted. And we kind of, for not forgot about her a little bit, but it was just, like, with everything else that was going on with the fucking tower. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, I had a great plan for if you guys didn't return before the uh, performance, and I was kind of excited for you guys. Not <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to know. Yeah. You don't. I might bring it back later. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, yeah, so, well, I guess, th- to close it off, I guess I kind of want to know how the characters are feeling towards the end of this campaign. Like, what do they expect from Eskidar? What do you guys think's going to happen? What do you think's going to go down as such? What do you want to do? Like, I know priority of the list is get Tahala fixed. Get, obviously, most importantly, like, um, I've forgotten the dwarf's name, but Greg fixed as well. Greg, thank you. Greg fixed as well. Um, but what do you expect when you go to Eskidar? Because I'm going to... We're going to start the campaign, like halfway there i think that'll be a good point and then we can kind of have a little bit of time of reflection with the characters in the actual episode but um yeah how what, what do we expect from eskadar like what do we think is going to happen in character or out of character let's do a bit of both do out first and then in oh just the way i like it baby <laughs> I, I designed this question for you i know you like the hokey pokey yeah, baby um out of character uh i think uh, I I don't know I I mean not knowing much about uh, the world really at all uh, kind of expecting uh, a bit of confrontation with Mr. Dustlight's uh, menagerie mm. um, uh, probably put on a performance or two I don't know if Uri would be altogether all that pleased about going to a bigger city in town but I mean because he's just gotten away from it but I mean he wants to you know heal his friend and whatnot. So, in character, uh, I think we gotta go get Tahala good. She's, she's, like, you know, get that ghoul fever shit sorted out or whatever. Uh, and, and maybe do some performances or something, like, that would be nice. Go, yeah, like, uh, Avia could practice in front of a bigger crowd doing his showmanship because he's not really had all that much to do and whatnot and uh, earn a bit more coin, you know, and then obviously we've got to kill v- Victor Volcano and Angelica and whatnot. That's just like, <laughs> I, I don't think I really needed to say that, but, you know, uh, you know, if we're making like a short list, you know, that's what I, I, would, I would want to do. Do performances and then straight after kill for <laughs> uh, Actually, <laughs> no, uh, okay. can we reverse that? 
order a little bit. So we oh, got, okay. uh, like, kill okay. Victor Volcano first, <laughs> yeah, sorry, and no. then maybe... <laughs> Yuri's got this list of people to kill on his tent wall, like <laughs> the crown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, Uri, Uri can't Cole's run a read, ex- but he has gets Gory to do it. Gory picks up the crayon in his yeah. uh, little... Little pincers. Oh, we need more gory. Uh, I'm, working, I'm, I'm gonna throw that out there right now. We need more gory. Getting gory into a more organic <laughs> kind of role. It's just difficult when we've just got you know. Yeah. We're out of the circus and just got mm. all the combat and stuff. It is. It is hard for familiars. I, I try. Yeah. I do try. I just like but gory. You know, we'll try and get the more gory yeah. into uh into into future episodes. Josh and Kale, like I want to know actually, like well, we'll talk about this in between actually, so don't worry about that question. But how do you, how does Kale feel about going to Eskadar? Uh, well, yeah, he's just like happy to be leaving Aberton because it's, it's a dump <laughs> hole full of needy people. Um, yeah, excited, big city, fun times, unfreeze his girlfriend, <laughs> kill everyone in this menagerie. Done. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. Yeah, no, like yeah. In, in the in the other orders, like kill everyone first, get Tyler sorted out, uh, then Josh and Tyler can get sorted out. I mean, Kayla and Tyler can get sorted out, and then. We do our performances. I don't know who is Josh. Josh Fenner is. He's probably some weirdo. <laughs> he's the guy you bumped into. Who said my? Yeah, he's a weirdo. I said. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cannon. His name Josh. Javier and Kyle. Uh, I think Javier is, is super excited to be leaving uh, Aberton because, uh, like Josh said, it's a backwater shithole. And <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Javier kind of hates it. I love how the book is just framed around like, this is an opportunity for these guys to really gain their respect, bro. And you're like, fuck <laughs> out of I want to be out of here. I love it. It's like oh, this whole man. thing. You can make them like you, and it means that you earn more through the circus, and everyone's like, we need to get the fuck out of here. These people are fucking weird. <laughs> Uh, well, on that point, uh, so I think Javier's very excited to be leaving Aberton, but he's also kind of trepidatious, a little bit nervous about getting to Escadar because he is travelling with a band of misfits and weirdos, hey. like in a good way, <laughs> but you know, they're not, not, they're not really like your typical folk. Uh, so he's a bit afraid, I think, of how, uh, the real world will treat his newfound friends. Yeah. Very true. Um, yeah. And just... Because, I mean, he, he's been around the block and he hasn't really had any friends since, like, a specific incident in his backstory. Um, but, yeah, he, he's now nervous about what's going to happen to the people that he now loves and admires. So Yeah, found your own, like, family now, which is, and, like, you, yeah. you, you feel protective of them. And I think... But, yeah, especially now as the, uh, the, the ringleader. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. Well, whatever. Yeah, he feels he it feels uh, a little bit paternal, even yeah. though he's not <laughs> particularly old. And Tim, what are you looking forward to for editing? Oh uh, yeah, you know, uh, what, the, what, burps, the chips do you want um, this time? Sneezes. What else we got? <laughs> no, I am actually keen for um, for what comes next, just because Adam's given me a couple little, couple little cheeky sneakies and ruined it. I don't oh, ask for I these. I run some things by him. So <laughs> I know. I need someone to run past them, I and know. you know the campaign as well as these guys do. But At I can't the same ask time, them. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool <laughs> idea. It'd be really good if, like, to you know, find that out sometime along the way. Like, just instead of. <laughs> well, if you started playing with us, Tim, I couldn't bounce these ideas off yeah, you. That's a good point, but I'll still need to edit it. But, um... <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I'm, I'm keen to see, um... you got to play and edit. Because <laughs> in, in my mind, like if, like you said, if it's going to start off like, you know, you have, you're halfway there or whatever, you guys... What else do you have to do? You pack down the circus and then you head on your way. Like, Yeah, and I, th- I think we can just kind of... Like, I don't know how much you guys want to roleplay 
packing yeah. down a circus, and I know that it'll be like it's going to be like two weeks of travel. So I thought it'd be fun to go halfway through. I, I just helped uh, my girlfriend move house. Yeah, I, I'm not keen to role play doing that again. <laughs> All right, roll to, to see if you can get this IKEA cabinet back into its original form in the box. No, but I'm keen to see um anything less than a twenty. Sorry, I'm kind of keen to see what like the very first thing that's going to happen is because kind of what um you were saying, Carl. It's like isn't Escadar meant to be like it's a pretty big city, isn't it? Mm, it's a lot bigger than Abiton. Abiton's like a hundred families. We're looking at like thousand at least, maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just from. But yeah, I'm just interested to see what the very first thing that's going to happen is. It's going to be like everyone excited to see the big new circus, or are you going to be greeted immediately with like trouble? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, contempt. No, I'm, I'm actually keen as, as a because you're now stepping on the toes and the stomping ground of Mr. Stussline. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, that is actually a good point as well because it's like, will the people of the city? Uh, be not necessarily loyal to her, but you know, there's a, that sense of familiarity. Mm. Um, so they see us as you know these uh, new upstarts and oh, right. uh, yeah, overtaking the, the, the turf. Know, and... Can't can't favor either circus if one circus is dead. <laughs> we'll monopolize them. <laughs> oh yeah, well, well, she have spent her time bad mouthing you guys. So when you get there, I don't know. Yeah, that's my question. Hey. No press is bad press, Tim. That's a good point. All right. I think that's a great place to end on. Thank you all of you for, again, finding time to come over and have a chat with us. um, I'm so glad we could actually have this chat because it's like things that we've, I've been thinking about during the whole thing and I'm like, no, I want to get to the end of book one and then we can talk about it. Mm. And so I want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much for coming through this beautiful campaign of book one out of six. (laughs) It took us 42 episodes to get through. It's going to be a long time. But I feel like this one's a bit shorter. But like, I I enjoyed every moment of it. Every moment where I was stressed off my ass, thinking, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" To every moment where I'm laughing because I've accidentally called Bunny Yuri and Kale Cole. You know. Oh god. So thank you guys so much. I've really really enjoyed it. Obviously, thank you so much, Tim, for editing our episodes. Yeah, and thank you. You're welcome. Like That's making okay. us sound beautiful and taking out all of our chip packets and burps and the sound of my new mouse, which is really really loud. Nah, I save them all for later. One day I'll just come yeah. at you with all these just like cut sounds of like your coughs and stuff. And, and you know, <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for your foley work. What? Uh, this is the second episode you've been in, by the way. Thank you so much for doing that one oh, intro. I did a, um, a, a boom. And a, and a swoosh. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's not, after you that's not folly, Adam. But I could do that. Well, no, no, but you did, you've done a few follies, which has been nice. Um, and also jazzing up that one ending to make it polka. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that I forgot great. I did that. <laughs> well, you requested it, so. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. We'll leave it there then. Thank you, everyone, who is listening. All of our friends from all over Australia as well as our international fan base we really really appreciate it thank you so much share it with your friends if you enjoyed it as much as we have and if you have as well I love being able to look at the map and go hey look we've got this many listeners in Ireland oh look there's someone in Russia which happens to be right next to the Chinese border listening to us <laughs> you know and like it's it's really awesome to see that like kind of like our story has kind of traveled around the world and Alright, it's it's just really exciting and really fun to listen to. Uh, see, see happen. So thank you, thank you everyone who's listening. We really appreciate it. We wouldn't be doing it without you. Thank you. And you can find us on our socials on Savage Bear Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, 
and you can always contact us with any rules that we have absolutely messed up or with just hey i really like this part on savage bear podcast at gmail.com i think i guess we'll see you next week we did it we did it look Look, we're promoting ourselves on our own podcast. Finally, <laughs> it took 42 episodes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>